You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore? We are here to be your guides. Your guardians. This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, Guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 137, recorded January 17th, 2022. The topic for this episode is a revisit of A Drifter's Gambit, part two. I am your host for this episode again, and my name is Orchid. I am Elamist. And I am Rendell. <gasps> so professional. Actually remember to do it this time instead of completely scuffing the intro like we did last week. I know, you had practice this time. I'm really impressed. <laughs> okay, we have God. some podcast info for you. Quiet, I need to do my job now. This is the only reason why I'm here. We encourage feedback. <laughs> it can be sent to us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore. You can tweet at me at hey it's orchid. You can tweet at elemist at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find a podcast, even Spotify. Uh, the five-star reviews really help other people find the podcast. But you know what really helps us? If you just let your friends know about our podcast, because that's actually the best way. You can also find us in our Discord at discord.gg slash lorehub. Uh, you can also find our info on the lorehub.com alongside many impressive lore content creators we're still there there it is i'm assuming i don't know if we are i didn't check this week i don't, I don't know I, I i'm assuming we're still there didn't check this week i had a migraine all day so meh whatever um we have a new segment now are you ready for this buckle up chuckle fucks Ooh, so exciting Mm-hmm. this segment's called checking the postmaster if you are a part of the bourgeoisie or would simply like to support this podcast, uh, please donate to us at ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore for $15 or more. We'll read your tweet length note on the podcast as long as it does not violate any sort of terms of service or Geneva <laughs> conventions or anything like that. Um, you know, I'm down with violating all the Geneva conventions as long as it's not the actual Geneva convention. Um, but $15 is what it costs each month to keep this podcast alive. No, podcasting is not free as much as people like to think it is. Um, or at least decent podcasting is not free. No. Decent podcasting is not free. Um, Elmas has been paying out of pocket since the beginning to keep this podcast alive and everything else. Uh, we don't pay Rindle for any of this and that's kind of a crime. And oh, it absolutely is. Um, Guys. And um, we would like to make improvements with like graphics and everything else and audio equipment and money helps. So, yeah, any amount uh, we will thank you in this segment. But uh, yeah, $15 or more. We will read your tweet length note in this podcast. So... Keep it under 240 characters, please. We will count. I will cut it off at 240 characters. Don't think I will not stop reading in the middle of a word. I will figure out how to do that because I am petty. Oh, it's really simple. All you do is you just stop. Yep, just like that. I'll do that. Don't think I won't. <laughs> and I'll add a stupid sound effect on it like you just 
died in an old Mega Man game or something. Oh, God. Um, but <laughs> thank you so much in advance for your generosity. I really appreciate it. We all do. Absolutely. Um, I know money is super tight these days because money is stupid these days. And none of us seem to have any at all. But thank you. Uh, it's always appreciated. Heck, any support is appreciated. Yeah, really. Yeah, seriously. Uh, we just appreciate that you guys listen to our bullshit every week. That's the fact that we still get more and more people listening and coming into our Discord and sending us notes and just stopping us. Like, I hang out in other people's streams and people are like, oh, hey, listen to your podcast this week. And I'm like, I don't know who you are, but that really made my day. So thank you. Like, that's thank you. Seriously, from the bottom of our hearts, every single time anyone says anything, like, thank you. Yee. Really, thank you so much. It it really means a lot to all of us. So anything that you can do, thank you. Thank you. Um, so we're going to move on to this week at Guardians of Lore. There was actually a TWAB this week. First TWAB <gasps> of the year. Gasp. Oh my god. First item on the docket. We're actually going to be able to grind for all artifact mods in a season. Um, Elemis, are you happy about that? Since you're the one that actually plays the most out of all three of us. I actually am. Because I can't tell you how many times I've had to reset my artifact. Because, oh, you need three mods in this this final slot. But like... You can only have two at a time. So like this is going to be beneficial. I'm excited about it. For each unlock after the initial 12, there's going to be an increased XP will be required for the next artifact mod unlock. We don't know what that actual increase is going to be like. So it could be just, you know, oh, hey, it's 10,000 more for the 13th and then 10,000 plus another 10,000 for the 14th. Or it could just be exponential. We don't know. Yeah. We'll know more once it drops. And of course, we'll yep. probably provide some manner of update when we know more. But you'd probably know by then. Because in all honesty, the sources you get that information are probably the same ones we use. A.K.A. the TWAB. <laughs> I'm really excited. Um, I don't like having to reset my stuff because then I forget what I've left on all of my other... Uh, armor pieces already and then I have like empty spots and I assume what I already had on my armor I'm like oh shit now I don't know what I have on my other pieces and I just like put them on yeah that's the that's the worst no uh, and I yeah I just I get really confused really easily but that's just, I think that's just me I can't tell you how many times I've gone into like a master lost sector or GM thinking I had overload whatever Come to find out, I had lost the mod because I reset and I forgot to buy it back. Oh, no. So, like, talking about false starts, that's... Mm, that's another one because it, it takes a whole, like, five minutes because you have to back out and then redo your artifact and then redo your mods. And it's... It can be a nightmare. So... I'm thankful for this change. Yeah, now we can just have all of them and makes it so much easier. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. So it'll be great. Um, we also have confirmation of a couple champion mods for next season. Not all of them, obviously, but we have a couple. Um, so we know anti-barrier scout rifles and bows. Mm. Uh, anti-barrier scout rifles. I loved that when we had it. 
um, so we can sit in the far, far way back. I remembered that we had that in, um, uh, what did we have that in? We had that in Shadow Keep. We had anti barrier yep. scout rifles. Um, and that was, that was big pog when we had it. So I'm pretty excited. Um, I can use symmetry again. Yay. I'm, I'm excited about that as well. Uh, get use symmetry. Yay, symmetry. Hello. <laughs> I have mixed feelings about the next one though. Anti-barrier bows? Not, not a fan. The, the hell? Are they going to pop it in one go? I think that's the idea. Because, I mean, that was the same when we had, like, overload bow, is that if you had it on draw, then you would just immediately knock him out. So I'd assume anti-barrier would work the same way, especially given that it's just the one round in the quote-unquote magazine. I, True. I'm trying to remember back to it. So that actually could be really good. I'm honestly wondering how that would synergize with something like like Trinity Ghoul, and if you had the perk active and hit somebody that was near a champion, if that would proc it, that's going to require a little experimentation when the time comes, I think. I'm trying to remember it, because back when... I, I think it ends up being two bow shots that takes down the barrier. Mm-hmm. And Trinity Ghoul, like the arc lightning, I think actually does work on the barrier. Hmm. Still, just a thought. I think. Like, I'm I'm trying to have to remember, you know, because it was a while ago. It should be good. I, I do like using Trinity Ghoul for ad clearing. So between that and for anti-barrier, it should be like a good synergy. Oh, my God. Yeah. That. Mm-hmm. So that will be really good for GMs next season. We have overloads. We have overload auto rifles and overload SMGs. Uh, just having auto rifles there is good so i'm happy about that these i'm i'm iffy on i'm not really happy about high rate of fire overload because it takes a third at least of the magazine to get the overload to proc and when you have really fast moving overload champions like captains that move very quickly and you have to use a third of your magazine that sucks it's it's on a random bullet in the first third of the magazine mm-hmm. and it's only in that f- first third if you missed your overload shot you have to reload i'm not looking forward to auto rifles and smgs for overload it might be better than i think but with how jumpy those freaking overload captains are, I, I'm just, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah, again, I think it's going to come down to sort of a feel thing and figuring out, you know, there might be some that it just feels a little better to use, using it with gnawing hunger versus, I don't know, like a chroma rush or something it might feel a little bit different. It'll just be a matter of figuring out what works best in that kind of a scenario. You know, something that actually might be really useful next season when it comes to reloading very quickly might be Ophidian aspects. True. For Warlocks, at least. That or um, using something like Transverse of Steps, which do automatic reload. Um, I'm trying to think of other things that do reloading really well. Lunifaction boots, if you're, you know, in a well or a rift. For all my Um, Titan bros out there, Actium War Rig. (laughs) <laughs> yep. 
And then hunters are a little bit screwed. And as far as you can just do dodge, she can do reload. Because yeah, dodge. we could just dodge. Yeah, like nothing in terms of exotic equipment. Like we could just eh, dodge. Just reload, dodge. Yeah. Um, Six coyote. And then what they, yeah. <laughs> Six coyote. Yeah. So then they did mention um, unstoppable glaive. We don't know anything really about the glaive yet. We just know that it's new, and we're gonna get it next season. But it's gonna have unstop on it, and that's pretty neat. Yeah, only thing we know is that it's a melee first-person weapon, question mark? I like it. I dig it. And it has the ability to shoot. Yeah, it has a projectile um, with it. So I can see that being how I use the unstoppable round. Like, you focus in, wait for it, and then shoot it, and then you jump right in. Yeah, again, like with, we were talking about last week with, like, different features and such that we don't really know how they're going to work. And realistically, it's the same here. We're going to find out pretty much more with this as we get closer to the launch, maybe even after it's launched, in terms of how exactly Glaives are going to be working out. Yeah. So all we have really is speculation at this point in time. Yep. And then uh, let's see, we did get some really good news when it comes to Masterworked Armor. Um, they are finally making it cheaper to change energy types. Oh my God. And I am so happy about this. So for Legendary Masterworked Armor, so all of your purple armor, you can finally change your energy type with a thousand glimmer and one oh, upgrade module. 10,000. So for one... 10,000. So for 10,000 glimmer and one cube, you can finally change your energy type instead of having to spend another golf ball and a bunch of other shit, which is how it should have been in the beginning. Thank fuck. Thank you. Uh, for exotic armor, it's 20,000 glimmer and one upgrade module. So hooray. Oh my God. You spent all of those golf balls and all of those extra resources. And now you don't have to spend it again. If you finally masterworked your shit. Hooray. Oh my god, that's 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 just beautiful. Right. It's an amazing change. The one thing I do want to cover is that anything mm -hmm. up until that final level, so anything at energy level 9 or less, if you want to change the master or the element type, the energy type, it's going to cost you full resources. It's only for fully masterworked armor that you get the reduced cost. Right. But that in and of itself, at least to me, kind of incentivizes the idea of, oh, well, if you're close enough, you may as well just go ahead and masterwork it. Yep. Do you remember when we used to be able to change the energy type of our guns? Yup. I miss that. Do you remember when we were able to change the energy type of our guns? Back in my day. Petrich Farm remembers. I had all the energy types of certain guns, and I still have them in my vaults. Oh, I have all yes. the flavors of some guns from year one. I have all three flavors of some guns. I have all three <laughs> prosecutor like auto rifles still i have all three flavors i specifically recall having a viced auto rifle that was in solar and it was lovely i'll tell you 
All the darkest befalls from year one. I have all three energy types. I have a solar and a void. 1100 darkest before pulse rifle. Oh, yes. Truly oh. vintage. Mm. A truly vintage. Full auto trigger system. Quick draw hammer forged rifling. Fuck all of you who think you're getting it in year four. I have the year one. Uh, I have I have the the void flavor and I have the I ha I have the. <laughs> What's I'm that so about old. truffle fries? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I miss being able to change just the flavor of your gun at will. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh hey, you want to do this nightfall? Oh, it's void this week. Let's just change our guns to void. Yeah, just. There you go. Let's just do that. Anyway. Where are we at with that truffle fries? Uh, no truffle fries. <laughs> There's zero truffle fries. Uh, so you can change your armor uh, flavor now to whatever flavor you want. You want it spicy, you can change it to stasis. So that's cool. You can do that. Why would stasis be spicy? Because it's minty, so it's spicy. I'm not even going to question that. Um. Don't question it. I'm driving. I'm driving the podcast. I'm saying it's spicy. Okay. <laughs> we are now getting into the spiciest of all controversies uh -oh. that made everyone really fucking mad. Got everyone's undergarments in a twist over this one. Oh my God. Everyone's panties both got wet and dry at the same time. It's just fucking... <laughs> gushy saharas um orb generation is moving from weapon masterworks to helmet mods <laughs> so um the mods will be based on element type like i'm all right with them moving it to helmet mods like i can work around that i'm not no i wish they would give us an extra slot for it but i i can i no. can figure out how to deal with it you know how you get that extra slot? You go do mastered, mastered whatever dungeon. That's how you get an extra slot. Except that that extra slot, that extra slot is only for artifacts. Yeah, so you can put your artifact stuff in that slot, and now you have an extra slot for other stuff. Like I don't have any artifact stuff on my helmets. I know because artifact stuff is garbage. So here we are, like. And it doesn't give you extra power slots. It's still 10. So what if you have an extra slot? You still can't put... You still have 10. Stuff is too expensive. If I know I need the orb generation for specific build, I can finagle things around so that I have the extra energy to deal with it. Is this going to mean a difference in how we approach builds, really? Right. So think of it this way. You have a lot of ammo finders are on helmets right now, and they are very expensive. And you have targeting mods on helmets. I, as a PC player, I don't use targeting mods because I really don't need them. I, I don't use targeting mods either. Because I really don't know anyone who does. And it seems like the ammo finders don't even work. They work for me. Depends on what ammo finders I find. The majority of the time, I am usually starved for special and heavy. Yeah, but for me, like, 
the ammo finder that does work are green ammo finders. They really do work for me. My linear fusion ammo finders do work. And then I'm just like flush with it. And like I I do have those those rare activities that I'm actually just flooded with ammo, but those are so rare. Mm. Mm-hmm. So like I, I'm looking at this change and I'm like, okay, so instead of ammo finders, I'm just going to be using these because the ammo finders don't seem to do anything for me anyway. But the thing that I'm thinking about now is the armor mods that are on helmets that are charged with light mods. Yeah, because that's a lot of what I use. And I don't really do Warmind builds, but it's a lot of it is charged with light mods Mm. and well mods. But the thing is, those are only limited to a single slot. We don't know specifically where these these orb generation mods are going. They're probably going to go in with the other normal armor mods. That's what I'm thinking, too. But there's no firm confirmation. But they're going to take up the energy for the armors. And this is my point. Is that even if they take up one single slot, like let's say like the sidearm ammo finder is is one energy. But, you know, if I'm using I'm looking at a solar helmet right now. So if I use heal thyself, that's four, which is a charge with light mod. So that's grenade final blows heal me and take one stack of charge with light, which is like pretty poggers. Right. If I'm like running a dungeon by myself. So that keeps me like a lot of times when I do charge with light builds, I'm thinking about charge with light when I do like solo dungeons because that's the kind of like solo stuff that I'll do. Most of the times I'll just like run around with friends, but I do solo dungeons. I will run by myself. And so when I try to do that, I will build things based on keeping myself alive, not necessarily on trying to create orbs, but I need that orb creation from all of my guns that I want to use are masterworked. Like I masterwork them immediately, you know, for orb creation. Yeah. So I can stay charged with light. And so if I need that, I I don't, it's, it's not really like, I see why they did it from a game creation standpoint. I see why they took them off of weapons and there is a specific reason. Yeah. So the specific reason Kevin Yanis, um, did like a cheeky tweet and this was the cheeky tweet was back on January 13th and people were mad about orb generation being based on armor mods instead of weapon masterwork status. But it was because, and they've talked about this many, many times on different podcasts and different things because you can only put so many different things on weapons And this is like a game limitation and this is just the way the game is built. And so if you want more weapon perks, you have to take certain things off of weapons. And from my perspective, this is just like a me opinion. This isn't them opinion. This is a me opinion. Now this is an orchid opinion. You would have to pull orb creation off of the guns to be able to put more things onto the guns. So if you take orb creation off of the guns and you put it onto mods on the armor, it frees up the ability for a gun to have something else. Yep. 
you know? So now they have the ability to put another perk on it because they talked about that when they were taking, oh God, what was it? Celerity. Because Celerity was a perk and they didn't want that perk to be in the perk pool anymore. No, it was it was more of Bungie wanted to move it to an intrinsic ability. Yeah, but it, they had to move stuff around because there's a limit to the number of perks a gun can have. It was It's the same kind of thing with this. So I'm assuming this kind of works the same way. It's a big assumption because I don't know how the sandbox works because I'm not a game designer. I was with one for many years, but that does not mean I know how game design works. So I'm guessing at this point, but this is an educated guess. Yep. So I'm assuming they did that for a reason. So I'm, I'm from my very educated guess. I assuming they are taking orb creation off of guns so they can put more cooler, better stuff onto the guns. So we have more cooler, better things next season. So Maybe we should pull back on the whining and the bitching <laughs> <laughs> until we see what cool stuff we're getting in February and then we can get mad about it. So mad. And, you know, continue the cycle of bitching. And honestly, like the Destiny community, like no matter what Bungie puts out news, the Destiny community gets pissed off anyway. So and, and rants. I know, right? Right. <laughs> we were talking about this last night. Oh, my. God. Yes. Yes, we were. <laughs> So at this point, like, I just tune out most of what's being ranted about. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Bungie could announce that they figured out some witchcraft that would allow them to somehow get all of the locations and the raids from D1 and 2 in at under, like, 60 gigabytes. Yep. All of the fidelity and everything that we've come to expect. Um, they can announce that. Oh, and by the way, it's going to be incredibly low latency, and we're bringing back skill-based matchmaking. And we'd probably still get people complaining that the game didn't suck you off. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's true. The Destiny community is is angry, but it's not just our community. If there was something that came out for the Final Fantasy XIV community that like the lead of their community had to remind the Japanese final fantasy community to not like actually attack their development team in japan because they were like going after them in their homes and shit for like something so it's not just us because we wouldn't actually do that because we know better but like he actually had to come out and be like be better than that so it's not just us we know better apparently they don't do we yes we do we know like, better. when things were getting announced for, for vaulting, like, people were sending death threats to D- Bungie about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know better now, so we can sit on our high horse now. <laughs> Until now. something else needs now. to get vaulted. Now. Now. I'm sorry, listeners. I didn't realize I was turning into a cynic tonight. Uh, so machiavellian my god don't attack devs in any game please they're just people and they want to play the game too really yeah did you know that bungie actually has time set aside on fridays to play their actual game oh that's cool how cool is that what a thought Mm -hmm. yeah what a thought they set aside time so everyone at the company can play their game 
because not everyone has time to play the game. I think that's neat. That is cool. Mm-hmm. And, and ultimately, like, people don't want to put out a subpar product and have people yelling that, you know, they did a shit job. No. They love their game and they want people to play it and enjoy it. Like, you want your company to put out a subpar product? No, you want to put out something that you're proud of. Exactly. Like, I want people to be proud of the shit we make, too. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. Someone asked me the other night, like, your company makes Costco products, don't you? I'm like, yeah, we actually do. Our company makes, like, Kirkland products. Let me fucking tell you, making stuff for Kirkland is a nightmare. (laughs) So exacting. No, no, you change your labeling for Kirkland, they come in and they, like, under a microscope, look at the stuff that you're making. Yes, this border on the print shop was off by a micrometer. You're redoing the whole thing. You think you're exaggerating. You are not. I didn't think I was exaggerating. Uh, You're not. (laughs) You're not exaggerating. My life is sad. (laughs) Anyway, I think the orb generation thing will be fine. We'll see what they have to say. But a part of it also might be that they're slowly trying to move people over to wells and not charge with light. (laughs) That, that may be. And ultimately, like, it boils down mm. to wait and see how it actually feels. Yeah. Wait to see how it actually plays out. Because for all we know, these mods could be zero cost. Like, traction. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. Like, we just don't know. That really is just down to a conspiracy of trying to get everyone onto board mine cell build. It could be fine. We don't know. Yeah, but it could be fine. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I'm going to be a bit sad about the orb creation, but it will actually have a bit of an upside that every gun will be able to create orbs now, including, you know, guns that don't have masterworks. So Thorn, Le Monarch, yep. Thunderlord. Mm-hmm. Thunderlord. Let's go Thunderlord. I'm excited about Ooh. that. But at the same time, it looks like... If you have a solar helmet, only solar weapons will be able to create orbs. So you will have to change your helmet if you are changing your weapon. So if you're wearing a stasis helmet, stasis weapons will be able to make orbs. Or a void helmet, void weapons will be able to create orbs. Not every weapon, which I disagree with, but... I hadn't put that together, but you're probably right because they have the actual, like damage resistance mm-hmm. set to the specific element yeah. it's probably going off that same system yep yeah i can see that so if you want to create orbs you're gonna have to have it on every helmet and switch helmets based on whichever one which also might under it might go hand in hand with the masterworked armor so now you can low-key change your helmet very quickly yep. If you want that, yeah, if you want that orb creation because you now have orb creation, you know, if you have a lot of that that you have to do for probably, you know, forge shit coming up next season. (laughs) Saying it now, thanks. Saying it now that you're going to have to create orbs with your new weapons like you'd have to with, you know, I'm just... You know, create 200 orbs with this weapon or 200 orbs with 
200 solar orbs with this weapon. And, and they, when they announced it, they likened it to, um, like, they actually attached the comment to weapon crafting. Yep. You know, they were saying elements of the new weapon crafting system will encourage you to use many different weapons and ask you to burn hard-earned masterwork materials on a weapon that you may only be using for a few hours just to generate orbs. That seemed like a tall order. Which makes me real mad. I'm not going to want to do that. Right. You want me to burn my masterwork cores? Right. Exactly. Instead of no. burning all your masterwork cores, they're saying, hey, just use this mod in your helmet and you'll be able to handle what's actually going on there. Well, see, this is this is my problem, though, because if you are making orbs with a weapon, why don't they just change it and say, do it with an auto rifle? Why make it be with a specific weapon then? They're not limited. Like, they're putting the, the limit on the thing. The only thing I can think of is maybe it's actually tied to the specific weapon. I, I can see that, but they're the ones putting the limit on it. Yes. Like, don't. Just don't. Or, coming at it from a perspective of programming, you have fewer mods that you have to make. Because then it's down to just, like, five mods as opposed to for how many different weapon classes we have. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can see it from both perspectives. I, I do, too. Like, the minute I get unannoyed about it, I see it again from another perspective, and I'm, really, like, really annoyed about it again. It's just, like, an endless... It's an Ouroboros of annoyment. <laughs> it's a word I just made up. I see it from both perspectives, and at this point, like, I'm just looking at it going, I'm going to play around with it when the system first gets released. That's what it's going to boil down to. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. really. Because, I mean, trying to make these judgments with as little information as we have, it's yeah, it's only either going to help or hurt the cause. And in this case, it's hurting. All right. So there were also a couple of witch queen, witch queen, words are hard. Um, there were also a couple of witch queen teasers that were released. There was a trailer that was released last week um that for me was just a bunch of chemistry everything else was um there was also oryx and aka statue that was like it had a statue of my man oryx oh uh, oryx and aka that was amazing um i actually found out that the original drawing that was in the first lore book that the art was created based on mylan's recommendation and it wouldn't have been put in the book if he hadn't suggested it. Oh, that's. So you can thank that statue and that art. Uh, you can thank Mylan for that. Damn, that's awesome. Because <laughs> it wouldn't have been created if it wasn't for him. So thank you, Mylan. Thank you. Uh, yay. <laughs> um, but that was in there. There was a bunch of chemistry. So I was very excited about that. Um, there's a bunch of nods to alchemy. It looks like the hive are going to use alchemy and the light to bring um, bring their hive guardians to life, which is like kind of cool. I really like that idea. I do, too. It's really neat. 
there's a couple of videos. Uh, Mylan has a really great video out about that. Uh, I think Bife also has a video out about that. Um, so definitely go watch those videos. If you want like a breakdown of that trailer, those are already out. Um, what did you guys think of the trailers? Did you enjoy them? I thought they were really, really cool. They were awesome. I really enjoyed the deeper dive into Savathun's throne world. Mm-hmm. Like there was one part where you see a statue just move in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of stuff that's expressly there to like kind of fuck with us as we're going through. That is the kind of stuff that's going to be very interesting to see, like what they have planned. Yeah, I, I cannot wait. If it was the case where I was already hyped up on getting to play this expansion that's practically at a fever pitch at this point. Yep. It's coming. It's almost here. I mean, we've got one month until Witch Queen comes out. It's very exciting. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm excited. We also had a teaser that actually came out today that was like 15 seconds long. You can find it on Bungie's website. Um, actually, it's not on their website. It's only on their Twitter page. Uh, Elmas just went to go watch it because <laughs> he missed it today. Um, so what's your take on it since you just saw it? It, it was all right. Like it, it was stuff that we already knew. It was there wasn't anything that absolutely grabbed me. It is nice to see more of Eris at this stage, though. It is. Considering, like, this is her entire spiel. Like, this is her deal. Also because I imagine if she had featured in this last season and saw what we were doing the second that she heard, oh, Savathun in um, the Dreaming City, she would have just torn ass out that way. (laughs) She would have had some opinions yep. <laughs> about what we're doing. She definitely would have. Um, but you mentioned uh, to me separately that it was at King's Fall vibes to yes. it. Yes. Um, and both of us have thought that maybe King's Fall was coming back next year. The The last scene actually... Oh, I kind of hope it is. The, the last scene actually did feel like the Golgoroth encounter to me. Yes, it does a little bit. But I'm just hoping that if they do bring King's Fall back, it's going to be given more of a lore reason why we're going back than Vault of Glass. Because at this point, Vog, like, we have no reason to go in there except to kill what's-his-face. Like, we're just doing it for loot. Mm -hmm. And I understand that I mean, we're guardians. We do things for loot, period, no matter what. Right. Mm-hmm. But it would have been nice to have some kind of tie-in, like why we're doing it, why the vault is back. why, mm-hmm. And like, I know that's a tall ask. Right. I mean, my headcanon of that has been, and this is going to delve into a slight spin foil. I do apologize. Um, the fact that we have access to the simulations that we're using effectively for um for gambit and for crucible the fact that we still can go to the locations that are no longer in existence i feel like it might be something where guardians are kind of being encouraged to experience these grand battles to improve their skills but that's just me (laughs) 
and I'm all for that, but give us a lore entry or give us something that explains it. Like, throw it into, you know, a lore tab for an exotic. Currently, there's... It's the same thing with some of the strikes that we've had that are just copy-pasted from the originals that we had in D1 mm. that don't have any new dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at you. House of Devils. Looking at like, you, what? House of Devils. Like, Is it the House of Devils, though? Is it... Although they did fix that one because captain. I remember there were splicers in this one. I mean, we even had an update in D1. There were splicers in this. Although they did like, fix the name of that one captain. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's my only ask. Is Yeah. Sure. If you're going to bring it back, let's have fun with it. But don't just bring it back for the sake of bringing it back. Bring it back because there's an actual reason. Anyway. Yeah, don't don't just give us a situation where we're recycling strikes and we just have dollar store Omnigol to fight. Exactly. <laughs> well, but even that had an actual reason. Right. It was part of the the New Light quest and, you know, in the actual New Light quest, it gives you a reason why you're going into that strike. Still, it's not going to stop me from calling her discount store Omnigol. Oh, she absolutely is. I, yeah. And it's a Walmart Omnigol. <laughs> Kirkland brand. How dare you? No, she No, she's she's too good for Kirkland. It's it's like 99 cent <laughs> store How Omnigol. Very dare you. <laughs> Kirkland brand. Kirkland is way too good for her. <laughs> Walmart Omnigool. Let's move on to this Lore Network ad while I'm mad at you. I'm going to send you angry, angry messages in your DMs. Is is it a Kirkland brand ad? No, no. because Kirkland would never support this podcast. <laughs> it's Sam's Club. Not with that attitude that you had. It's <laughs> Sam's Club. <laughs> the Lore Network. Have you ever wished that someone could just read you the lore? Destiny Lore Audiophile may be just the podcast you've been looking for. Join us as we bring the stories of Destiny to life with straight readings of your favorite lore with no analysis or commentary, or as we breathe life into these tales with acting, sound effects, and music. Currently, you can find Destiny Lore Audiophile on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes, at Destiny Lore Audiophile. Audiophile is spelled with a PH instead of an F. You can find both readings and radio dramatizations of selected lore books and web lores by talented voice actors from the Destiny community. Episode releases will be announced from our Twitter pages, at Hey It's Orchid and at Zevas. So be sure to follow and subscribe so you don't miss a single performance. See you there. Well, I mean, for a discount branded ad, that really <laughs> hit the spot. Wow. Did it? <laughs> no one is ever going to support this podcast. <laughs> right? Ever. Oh, my God.
This is a brief intro into the topic. This lore book was introduced in Forsaken and obtained by accomplishing triumphs on your way to earning the Dredgen title, which takes so much fucking gambit. Um, since Beyond Light, every player has access to this entire book. Uh, we wanted to revisit this book because it was our very first episode, and back then we had no clue what we were doing back then. Um, back when this was a mixer podcast. <laughs> Back when this was recorded via Mixer, that dates it. That was back in October of 2018. For the first half of this episode, go back and listen to episode 136. Uh, Rindall, would you like to read this first? You know what? I'd love to. Okay. And this is Bright Side of a Bad Idea. At this point... The drifter had me comfortable with the idea of him, but only just. Been a long time since trust came easy. I still need to understand. Needed to grasp what he was after, or what was after him. Survival depends on knowing what's coming best you can. This is before I came to you, but only just. This is me smoothing out the rough angles before risking a proposition I know carries baggage. Anyway, he and I went out, found a spot we could be alone, and he showed me. He showed me proof that all of his relics, artifacts, treasures, and junk weren't just for show. Our shady friend actually went out and lassoed himself a little piece of hell. While Guardians have been waging war with the Taken, while the city's newest legends have been trespassing on Ascendant ground and kicking in Taken skulls, the Drifter's been playing Warlock. Which he ain't, if it wasn't clear. Not by common understanding, anyway. In drawing strength from curiosity, and using knowledge to bend understanding to his will, this wily bastard has long since shed any pretensions of class or the limitations therein. While you lot have been having your fun, drunk on loot, dancing on the corpses of your enemies, he's been watching, learning, stealing, and planning. Now I make no promises that what he's done was ever intended for the greater good. Point of fact, I actively doubt it. But here we are. He's kit-bashed Vex tech with fallen components, married it to hive magic, and scavenged Golden Age science with a sprinkling of who knows what, and he's... Hold up. I know this sounds bad. Sounds like just the kind of trouble we squash, but... He's secured a pocket of the Ascended Plane. Not a throne world, nothing that grand, but a big enough chunk to matter. And he's gone and caged up an army. A taken army. Leftovers from Oryx's reign, something new, something old, something hers? Can't say. Don't know. But he has him there. He says it's to hold him study him. 
but the best bet says his intentions aren't so clean. Purity of intent aside, this is what he wanted to show me. This is why he's here. His gambit. He wants to help humanity. Help us poor fools who call ourselves guardians. Learn how to control not only the taken, but the powers that bind them. Sounds like a bad idea, I agree. Bigger picture? Sometimes bad ideas are the best option. Hell. Sometimes they're the only. A Renegade's Observations of a Drifter. I really like how Shin is describing everything that the, the Drifter has. You know, he's kitbashed Vex tech with fallen components, married it to hive magic, and scavenged Golden Age science with a sprinkling of who knows what. Like, that just sounds all kinds of bad. <laughs> but it's very on brand for him. Oh, God, yes, it is. It really is. Yeah. It really helps to describe how ingenious the Drifter is. Yeah. And how desperate the Drifter is. Absolutely. How he'll do anything to get to what he needs to get to. I'll tell you what, sister. Nothing breeds innovation like desperation. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention. Absolutely. Uh, and then this is actually the first time it was noted that he pulls all those Taken and the Primevals from a pocket of the Ascendant Plane that he's been able to secure. And this was during a time that we were actually poking around the Ascendant Plane. In the Dreaming City. Right. It, granted, he secured it before we were doing, you know, the poking around, but... Yeah, nonetheless, it's one of those cases of just... Yeah, he has a piece of the Ascended Plane. Yep. I mean, again, nothing so grand as a throne world, but still... But it's a big enough chunk. And I like the fact that he just goes down the list of, like, where he got the Taken Army... You know, was it leftovers from Oryx? Something new? Something old? Something hers? At this point, we don't even actually know, aside from possibly the Nine. Like, maybe he draws abilities from the Hall, and that's where he creates these taken. Because, like, the actual bosses from The Reckoning were his imaginings like he created them right so it could be very well be the same concept here that level of influence that one has over an ascended plane made manifest yep Oof. that has some implications right and then the last thing i want to touch on shin calls it out that the drifter doesn't subscribe to any class that modern guardians list to you know he, he right. says the drifter's been playing warlock which he ain't if it wasn't clear not by common <laughs> understanding anyway yeah drifter is kind of a weird situation where i mean he's not even really a guardian he's a light bearer sure mm -hmm. 
but he doesn't fall under any of the neat little categories that we've made for ourselves. He doesn't like to fit into any box, and that's why I like him so much. I think, uh, I mean, even looking at his outfit, he's got parts of all three of potential outfits of, like, all three classes. Yep. And and actually, his robe, like, his, his coat, mm-hmm. I believe it was... Or duster or whatever you I, want to call it. I believe it. it was Beard Grizzly who actually pointed out that it's a Japanese... It, like, it's a ceremonial burial garment. And there's also the fact that, like, in-game, if you go talk to him, the description that it gives is Rogue Lightbearer. Yes. Yep. Because no one really knows what the hell he is. But again, most certainly not a guardian, at least not in the traditional definition that we have ascribed to well because like i mean i i still view guardians as the ideology rather than you know the classification of people right you know it's it's the mantra that light bearers take up which is why i have such problem with people calling them hive guardians i guess they're more like yeah they're more like hive height light bearers yeah. yeah that much is true hive light bearers because that really is a distinct difference between the two. Exactly. Yeah. Because guardians are defenders of humanity. Right. The hive want to snuff out humanity. Right. Very much so. They are on opposite ends of that spectrum. Yeah. Mm, do you want to move on to the next one? Absolutely. Okay. And this is the price of a double-sided coin. Here's the play. Ours, I mean. You have places, cleared zones, not necessarily the safest spots, but not wholly untamed. I say we, you, allow the drifter to run his game and lets you and me watch. We watch the action, we watch him We watch who plays and who doesn't. On top of that, we watch their aggression. Who's diving too deep, too fast. Who's less keen to grow their knowledge, their strength. And who's simply looking to unleash themselves. The true promise of this gambit is what you and I can learn about our enemies, maybe even about ourselves. That has to be first and foremost. After that, we assess Gambit's value and its risks. If the danger escalates, we shut it down. If any guardians go too far, we shut it down. And them, if need be. My gut says we won't have to. My gut says, against everything I was raised to believe, this is our next step forward. And here's the rub. You know this, but only fair that I reiterate. As secret as this whole mess is, and as vigilant as we'll need to be, word must spread it must and when it does 
I need you to corral Zavala and any others who won't understand. Because the other side of that jade coin is the trap being set. This long con. The final bend after a long haul. If Drifter plays his part, and I believe he will, then those who test the edges of the light will hear tell and come a-calling. The shadows brought to light. But the ruse must be complete. Every guardian must play their part. If you can buy in, if you can see the value in what's to come, then we roll. If not, you can stop this here and now. I'll put a bullet in him. Be done with it. Just say the word. A renegade's observations of a drifter. So now we see the other side. We know Drifter's game. We know exactly what he has planned. Yep. And now we see Shin's end of things. This particular point is really pointing with that. The true promise of this gambit is what you and I can learn. So less about what it is Drifter is ascribing to all of these things. Oh, I'll make you rich, all that. The real true promise is knowledge of what other people are like, what they're doing. Which guardians are going to go too far? Yeah. Because this was also at the time that Drifter, like, he was just handing out the title of Dredgen like it was candy during Halloween. Like, he's just handing it out to people to tempt them. And then the whole thing with Callum happened. And essentially, that, like, the whole staged fight with Callum was to get anybody who was teetering that line and possibly going to go dark, it was to get them back in line Mm -hmm. and now that the essentially the consequences of them going dark have been set that's what they watch gambit for for those guardians who even though they know the consequences are still pushing to go dark like it's interesting to see this slowly come together especially now that this is kind of the big reveal in the middle of the book because we know what's going to happen. But this is the secretive, like, now the ruse must be complete. Like, the language that they use in this, the ruse must be complete. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God, you're such an edgelord. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, Shen. And even though, like, this seems like it's a secretive entry, it still feels like it's it was made public because like this entry it it gave me feelings that or it gave me the vibe that he was talking to an individual when writing this like he's talking to the reader rather than just making the observation we know that this entire book was made public so i'm starting to get that feeling that it was like those personalized you know quote unquote personalized tapes where you feel like you're a part of it, but 
it's so generalized that it's not you specifically. It's just anyone listening. Mm, yep. Know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's find out what happens in the next one. Rindle, do you want to move on? You know, I would quite like to. Let's do that. And this is Checking the Chamber. Your jacks sure can clear table. Combat area is clean. We're prepped and ready. Set for the first run on Nessus. The Drifter will pick up your guardians en route. Have your jacks primed to engage if, when, it all goes wrong. Not saying I have doubts, but if it hasn't been clear, I have doubts. I'll be nearby as discussed. Anything goes off rails, we'll close in and shut it down. After, if it runs smooth, and we're not all dead, he says he'll set up shop in the tower. Seems risky, yeah. But that's his lot to handle. Truth is, I'd much rather have him tower side where he can be watched and collected, if it comes to that. The alternative, him running free and clear through the system, isn't an option. He's too much of a liability on his own. Luckily, he seems open to having you nearby. Still, get the sense this whole shindig is something he's cooking up to face down some big, bad news. Some problem he's making ours. But that's his nature. A renegade's observation of Drifter. The one thing that stood out to me, and this was covered early on, your jacks can clear a table. Or sorry, your jacks <laughs> sure can clear a table. Yup. These are being addressed, like this one specifically is being addressed to shacks. Because they're his red jacks. It certainly seems like it. Jeez. Because, I mean, who? there's no one else I could think of that would have any kind of control over groups of red jacks. Right. Now, like, it, it could also be the Vanguard. They might commission the, the red jacks to, to go clear out spaces. But for the most part, when I hear red jacks, I think shacks. Right. And that actually explains how our gambit arenas were cleared out of enemies. So now we actually have a lore reason to go with that. No, they were just cleared out by Red Jacks. But that somehow would mean that Shax is in on this. Yeah. At least to some degree. Well, and, and we don't know how much information he has. We don't know. Because, like, all it could be is Ikora came to him and was like, hey, we need your Red Jacks to go clear this location. So then he sends the Red Jacks and... Shin writes this up as if he's sending it to Shax, but really doesn't. Hmm. Or he could. He could have sent it. Like, we just don't know. Um, it, What I'm getting at is just that we don't know how much Shax knew because we don't know how much the Vanguard is keeping under wraps. Very true. 
because our guardian seems to have Charizard level security clearance. <laughs> God, the security is so trash. <laughs> we keep coming back to Tower Infosec. My God. God, because it's so it's bad. bad. I don't understand why it's so bad. Everyone like in Tower Infosec has like honey installed on their computers. Like, oh, God. You know, oh, fuck. <laughs> you know, I thought maybe that that when Cade died, that no one knew about it, that it was super secret. And we talked about this when Cade died. No, no one knows. Like, it's a secret. Like, literally zero people know that Cade died. We're the only ones know who actually killed Cade. No, literally everybody knows that Ultron killed Cade. <laughs> like, the entire tower knows because nothing is secret. And, and like, <laughs> like, we know that everyone knows because Crow was beat the fuck up for just looking like Crow or like Aldrin. Mm-hmm. So, like, we... Well, I mean, I imagine, too, among Guardians, it's probably, like, especially common knowledge. Like, it's it's understandable that the Hunters un- knew, oh, the Hunter Vanguard is not answering at all. What happened? It makes sense that that would get around. That, you know, oh, hey, K died. But the fact that his killer also, would, you know, was public knowledge, like... Yeah. It makes me wonder, like, if our vendetta against the Barons was public knowledge as well. Ikora's hate boner that we went out and actually took care of. I wonder if that was public knowledge because of crappy tower infosec. Uh, (laughs) Ikora's hate boner is a phrase I will never be able to get out of my head. My chorus hate boner. Well, like, what? what is that? Like a minimum of like five and a half stars is an Osu beat map. Yeah. Like, oh my god, no, we're we're no well, no, we're just gonna because like on. that that perfectly <laughs> describes her support during Forsaken. Yeah. Anyway, just thinking of it is Ikora Ray has a hard on for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> This Friday, get out of the way for Iconor's hate boner. <laughs> Coming to theaters near you. Got it. But someone read the next one. <laughs> Elmas, please save us. Save. Hurry, please. Please save us, please. But you know what? That's a matter of trust. Well, that didn't go as planned. But your guardians rallied, and I saw it through, and the drifter did his best to fill them in on the sudden change state he dropped on him. I was seconds from rushing in and toasting him, but he handled the situation and set the teams up to finish the match. To be honest, I thought it would all go much worse. What concerns me is he'd never mentioned the word primeval before. Not once. And that's a problem for obvious reasons. Tearing soldiers of the deep from another realm is crossing a bridge too far as is. But those beasts 
those weren't normal taken, possessed and set to rage. They were born of that shadow realm and they were angry, worse. They were hungry for the light. You could feel it, even a ways off. Their aura and their rage weighed on me. Cast a shadow I could feel in my core. That he kept them from us is unsettling. He says it was a necessary deception. I put my gun to his head and asked if there were any others he'd mind sharing. He just laughed, as he does, twiddling that coin of his and smiled that winner's smile. Told me to take a load off. I almost shot him then and there. He said we'd never have agreed to let him run his competition if we'd known the full extent of the danger. He's not wrong. Probably. But it's hard to move forward knowing the thing we've known all along is true. The Drifter can't be trusted. Yet, what choice do we have? Again, the risks are justified by the promise of the ends. I leave it all in your capable hands. I'll be watching. My presence only muddies the waters. So I'll be watching from afar. If we're lucky, this gambit will draw the interest of the rest of his old crew. And the shadows will make themselves known. Till then, I'll return to the hunt. See if I can cut him off at the pass, wherever it may be. Oh, before I forget, and at the risk of repeating myself, keep my real name off your lips. He don't know my face, but he sure as hell knows my name. This all goes sideways otherwise. A Renegade's Observations of a Drifter So, sounds like our first game of Gambit went, uh, well, not exactly sideways, but it's very clear that Drifter was not telling people involved the full extent to what was going on. That whole, what concerns me is he'd never mentioned the word primeval before. Not once. Yep. The primevals in Gambit were completely unknown so like essentially what did Shin think like we fill up the banks with moats and then a bunch of Taken spawn we kill the Taken that team wins I mean probably whoever clears their plate fastest wins <laughs> <laughs> yeah really that's probably how Drifter would see it and then you get a primeval spawning in and that's just a completely new level especially when there's that coming in with zero understanding that that's what's going to happen 
and him just describing that he held it held a gun to Drifter's head after Drifter called it a necessary deception. Oof. He's not wrong though. The Vanguard probably wouldn't have sanctioned it otherwise. True. And now that the Guardians have shown they can handle it trial by fire, the Vanguard's like, well, they can take care of it. We know that they can deal with this, so yeah. We'll allow it. I think it's interesting that the whole idea of Gambit isn't known, really. Like, the entire mechanics of it aren't known. Well, as known as we know them now. Because he never mentioned Primeval. And that's a shock. Does that make sense? (laughs) Just the fact that they went into it not knowing all the rules. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. One thing that I noticed, tearing soldiers of the deep. Deep is capitalized. Mm-hmm. Yes. The actual information about the deep came from uh, Oryx's Books of Sorrow or from the other Books of Sorrow that the Shadows of Yore were following. The Book of Unmaking. Right. At first, we were just like, oh, he's referencing the Taken. Okay. But looking at this now, like, that's a clue that he knew more than he was letting on. And, like, I'm probably reading too much into it, but... Like, the idea that that in and of itself is the first kind of clue is to the other identity that Shen... Or identities that Shen holds. Exactly. Like, that's that's exactly it. Like, And like I said, I'm probably reading too much into it. But, Possibly. But, I mean, the only other Guardians who have referenced the Deep, capital D Deep, have been involved with the Hive. Right. And up until here, Shin's story, the only Hive references that were in his story were from Dredgen Yor. Like, Dredgen Yor was crafting Thorn out of the chitin from the Hive. Mm-hmm. That was the only references to the Hive. So yeah, knowing what we know now, this is a little bit telling from Shin's end. God. Like, this is why I wanted to come back and do this revisit, because... <laughs> there, Well, like, there are little clues that you pick up that you just you never realized because you know in the moment it means one thing but after getting the rest of the story you're like oh no that means that could mean something else but the big takeaway Uh, with all this at least from my end is yeah drifter cannot be trusted yep any thoughts on your end orchid well he can't be trusted but after like three years two years he's just a meme now he's just the unsuitable uncle to all of us here at the tower. He's just a dirty uncle meme. Like He's he's the uncle who, when you're 15, like comes over, sneaks you like Jim Bean in a pack of cigarettes, and just takes off doing donuts in his Camaro. Yes. He's just he's the guy that gives you like underage alcohol and like tells you like not to have sex in the backyard. <laughs> and gives you life lessons and then tells you good game sport or something 
And it smells funny. Or at least if you're going to do it in the backyard, wrap the tool. Oh, God. <laughs> like, he just he's just the uncle that smells weird and, like, has bad advice. The uncle who just smells of tobacco and... <laughs> he has suspect shit that's probably into crypto and... <laughs> is doing something weird with the trailer attached to his car and (laughs) there's 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 some weird weird shit going on in that trailer yeah you're just you're not asking questions okay like the drifter is just yeah he can't be trusted he's also he's become this meme oh man the future's nfts now give me all your glimmer Jesus oh my Christ. god hey <laughs> let me say as the resident drifter psa i do not support nfts no freaking thanks god damn <laughs> nice fucking titties let's move on hey 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 i support those nfts oh i absolutely support those <laughs> nfts are you kidding mm-hmm. me well and, and <laughs> so the the one thing i i do want to say to actually support drifter and all this we learned in season of the drifter that a lot of what he's doing is to try and get his best friend back he's trying to get Orin back so like mm-hmm. at this point he's willing to sacrifice any people he needs to to accomplish that i think it was the first um part of this that we had a bit where shid was saying yeah like the city be damned the light be damned yeah but yeah, that's pretty much it. Nah, he wants Orin back. And like, sure, we might be in the camp of like, oh, it would be a cute romance. But for the most part, they were just best friends. He misses his best friend because she was stolen from him by the Nine. Right. So I, as much as I, I would love to say that, you know, oh yeah, we, we can't trust him. And at the time, I agreed but looking back at it, I I just, I don't feel that way at all. That was just my two cents. That's all. No, okay. Hmm. All right. Let's read the last one. All right. Hmm. And this is The Long Con. Can you do it, Drifter? Can you make the man with the golden gun the villain in the eyes of those who attempt the dark? It's the final piece. Can you make them fear him? Because if you can, any guardian who truly embraces the nature of your gambit will find themselves a real connection to the mantle of that dead legend. They will take bare that vile title. They will wear his vile colors. They will challenge and even remake the infamy of his vile deeds. Through these temptations, they will grow strong. But the hatred must be true. Driven by the power they find in your wicked game. Sealed in the fear you'll seed. In the name of the man with the golden gun. I wish there was another way. But your old brothers and sisters in shadow are too far gone. 
You've seen it. You know as well as me. Better than me. The path they walk offers only ruin. They must be stopped. So spread your unholy word, brother. Give new life to old myths. And when that hateful name, Dredgen, spreads through the system, his real disciples will have no choice but to confront their sins. And you and me will be the ones hearing their confessions. Oh, one more thing. Let me know who has the gall to change their names. I might want to give him a word or two. A renegade's final words to a drifter before resuming the hunt. When this first came out and I read this entry, it sent chills down my spine. Mm. <laughs> Just that last bit of let me know who has the gall to change their names. Right. Because when you actually earned the title, and I believe this was the final entry to actually get the title, like you added this little thing above your head that said Dredgen. And essentially that put you on a hit list. Supposedly. Yeah. And again, this is right about that time. Drifter is handing out the title Dredgen like it's candy on Halloween. Yep. But still, it's this whole idea that the two of them are basically presenting themselves as this kind of yin and yang situation. We have Drifter's end of things. But you go too far, you get the man with the golden gun. And and that's how they built the story. Like, that's how Shin specifically manipulated the story especially with everything that happened with Callum. Oh. Like. Absolutely. That's that's where they went with it. You know, that's where he went with it. To tell anyone who was paying attention, if you step out of line, this is going to happen to you. Yeah, just put the fear of God in anyone who might have been thinking of crossing the line. Right. Like, they put the fear of God into people, and then essentially they were like, all right, now that people know the consequences, watch for anybody who steps out of line. I want to hate Shin for it, because this is manipulation on a grand scale. Like, it was masterfully done. And yet, for me, it's like, the the fact that it was so masterfully done is the reason why I'm just kind of looking at it going my god right like I said I, I want to hate him for it but I can't <laughs> it was too good right it's just yeah like fuck so yeah Orchid any thoughts he's such an edgelord he is like I don't know if I really like the story because it, he's just an edgelord He's got to be careful it's that he like, doesn't cut himself on that edge. 
Oh my god, it's just like <laughs> I'm so dark. Look at me. Like I'm just gonna I'm gonna cancel everybody who's just super super dark. And I'm just like, okay, get over yourself. Like who who made you police? Cancel their subscription to life. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like who made you the fucking police of the world? Like you did. Like get over yourself. Like no one gave you the job of killing everybody because they decided they wanted to be like dark edge lords too you took it upon yourself to go be a dick and kill everybody i have zero qualms and going and killing you because you decided to take over and kill everybody else like you're the problem here not everyone else you should be killed i think you're the bad guy that's yeah that's fair especially knowing everything we know now so right Cancel Shin Malfer. He's the bad guy. Fuck that guy. He's the bad guy of the story. I've Dredgenor did nothing wrong. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> well, like, have you seen the Crucible nowadays though? Hashtag Dredgenor didn't do anything it's... wrong. <laughs> Hashtag stasis for life. Well, see, I don't see this the Crucible lately. Do you know why? Because uh, I'm doing hashtag the Halo multiplayer, so I I see nothing. Hashtag the Prophet Thank of you. Truth did nothing wrong. <laughs> exactly. Wow, that is a different podcast. <laughs> we could get into that later. <laughs> hashtag the Prophet Oof. of Truth did nothing wrong. You washed that mouth out with soap. <laughs> <laughs> fucking what wow. I, I yeah that's yeah oh man I just like I know everyone loves Shin Malfur in this entire story but you know like I just a, I don't like westerns. I don't either. I think they're garbage. It's the same thing with Firefly. I don't like it. Oh yeah, it's a space western. I hate space westerns. I don't like them. Like, I think they're garbage. And well, that and Firefly was basically just a massive ripoff of Outlaw Star, but that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole different podcast. Oh, we'll get into man. that one. Outlaw Star, not anytime ever. Um, but. It's just the same thing with Cowboy Bebop. Not my favorite. Um, although, like, the live action was okay. If you're, you know, have nothing else to watch and you're bored. Yep. It was fine. It, it, mediocre fine. Again, that's that's another podcast. That's, an, that's a different, different podcast. <laughs> but, I mean, like, it was okay. It's fine. There are better stories. Is it, like lore changing yeah it is is he like good no is he a bad guy yeah yep does that make him cool no come on like, anti-heroes are cool no they're not <laughs> anti-heroes are stupid like no stop making anti-heroes cool guys anti-heroes are not cool stop putting them on a pedestal so uh, that just took us straight into did you like the book? <laughs> so Elmas, did you like the book? I did because it set up a 
like it set up the story for Drifter for Shin's entire year. And there were enough small little tidbits in there that you could relate it back to other things. And, and I, I had fun with that. Yeah, it was just generally kind of fun to see things from this perspective. And yeah, just a nice setup for everything that just kind of came on through later seasons, even when we got into Season of Opulence and we found out yet more of what was going on. This is just a really nice place to start. So you like that? Yeah, it was all right. It was all right. We're just like, meh. <laughs> okay. In the context of Shin's story, it was great. In terms of lore generally, I can think of books that I liked a bit more than this. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And Shin is like a important character in Destiny lore in general because they've made him important. So... Like, I'm on board with it, but I I just like Gambit. You're the person in the back sh- uh, just shouting, I don't give a shit how Gambit is made. I just want to enjoy the mode I love. You don't know her. I love her. <laughs> I just like Gambit. I just want to put in my 15 moats and send over large blockers and make the other team's life miserable. Daddy, you can't tell me who to love. You can't, you can't tell me not to bank at 10 moats and keep going to 15. I'm going to bank at 14 moats because it makes my friend Nem lose his fucking mind. Oh my god, that is the... F- you need one... Just just grab another moat. Holy shit. Whomever I'm playing with, it's just... I like to bank at like 9 and 14... Mm-hmm. And then the people I'm playing with are like, why are you like this? See, I, and I'm like, <sighs> because you're doing that specifically to trigger us. That's all it is. Yeah, I do. And they're like, this is why your ELO like isn't as high as it could be. I'm like, I'm purposefully not raising it. It could be way higher, but it's not. Because I'd rather troll the people I play with. This is like you pronouncing Yallerhorn incorrectly <laughs> all over again. It's Gallerhorn. <laughs> That's huh. another podcast. <laughs> Yallerhorn. Would you like... All right, Elvis, do you have any shout-outs? <laughs> Shout-out to my friend 2K. Uh, she's been helping me keep my sanity over the last week or so. And then my apparently regular shout-out to my brother because we've been doing essentially just eight hour calls like just knowing that the other person is on the other end of that line has been helping both of us hmm that's nice yeah Randall what about you um you know um shout out to my dad actually uh just because he's been I won't go into the specifics but He's just been kind of going through a rough time recently. Um, And just the fact that he is just pushing through and not giving up, it's not easy to do, but he's just pushing at it because that's the right thing to do. And that's something that I can look at and 
at the end of the day, I can be proud of that. So shout out to him. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. What about you? So I burned my hands pretty badly last week and I really appreciate everyone sending me notes and checking up on me because it's been really hard to like put clothes on and like make food <laughs> and stuff. Mm. So I really appreciate everyone like being really kind and sending notes and things like that. So thank you. I appreciate it because like hands are very delicate and when you burn them like pretty badly, it's really terrible. So thank you. How are your hands now? I appreciate it very much. Um, really fucked up. Like they all skins not there right now. So I've like all like the dermis underneath is like exposed, which is not a great time. Yeah. And I have like nerve damage in parts of my fingers. So um, a parts of my hands like numb and you can't feel part of it. It's really weird, actually. So I have like, yeah, so I have like pain from like parts of my skin touching other parts of my skin that's like completely and utterly exposed. And then I have parts that I can't feel at all. Because it's just like, like, because it's just so damaged, it's, you can't feel anything. So it's, it's, I have really bizarre feelings and it's all the burns are between my fingers. So they're all touching each other. Except for like the one on my left hand, which is like on top of my thumb. But all the ones on my right hand are like between my fingers. So, like, holding things is really hard because that's, like, all the pressure that you have when you're holding stuff is when you're holding things. Yeah, you don't... Because that's how you hold you stuff. You don't realize <laughs> that this is true until this kind of a situation pops up and then you become acutely yeah. aware of it. Yep. Yeah. So, I appreciate everyone helping me and sending notes and stuff it's been uh really nice so thank you very much yeah um it's been really interesting trying to do stuff i've been really lucky i'm lucky that i am ambidextrous and can do a lot of stuff with my left hand so hooray oh hey for being you oh <laughs> <What>? oh my <laughs> what do you think i'm doing with my left hand i'm writing with it i'm not like <laughs> I'm not like masturbating with it. What the fuck do you think I'm doing? <laughs> what? Moving on to special things. God, I'm gonna have to Jesus. cut that out, aren't I? Um. God oh, damn. damn it! I mean, you're not wrong, but at the same time, like, <laughs> I'll just. I just need you to record just, a section, like, real quick of you saying strangling small animals so I could cut it in there. I'm not, like, strangling small animals. Yay, Monty Except Python better. reference. God. Okay. All right. Here's some special thanks for this weird episode we just had. The audio for this episode was produced by Rindle Zevis, this gentleman right here. Yay. You can find him on Twitter at Rindle Zevis. 
which you should go follow him if you don't already. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of Volshock B on Twitter. He's super awesome. The music in this episode is copyright of Bungie. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into the Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They're the resource we use to make our show notes. Thank, Thank you, Baxter. Thank you, Baxter. Yay. Here's a couple of reminders. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we are guardians underscore lore. You can follow me at Hey It's Orchid, or you can follow Elemist at I underscore am underscore Elemist. You can send us an email at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you can find the podcast. And reviews really help so the algorithm can pass us on to other people, or you can tell your friends about us. That actually helps a lot more. You can also join our Discord at discord.gg slash lorehub. Or if you want, you can tip us. That would actually really help us out a lot at ko-fi.com slash guardians underscore lore. Say goodbye. We finally goodbye. made it. Goodbye. We finally made it. Oh, my God. We're finally at the finish <sighs> line. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Otters. See, I didn't steal it off of you this time. It's my job. It's the Otters. one thing she's good Thank at. <laughs> it's the only thing I'm good no, at. Not the only Thanks. thing. It's the only thing I'm good at. Otters. Goodbye. <laughs>